get in straight to it. Addy, yeah. uh, you have a career as being a chef and working in kitchens. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what would be some of the main start points that you'd say for people who are thinking about going into that career? Uh, so first of all, just be prepared to do long hours. Just long hours is the most important thing. You'll be on your feet the entire day. You'll probably end up with some back pain at the end of the night while you, after bending over the chopping area or the cooking area, which is usually just a bit too low for most people. Um, other than that, you might be, uh, you also expect pretty often low pay while you're starting out. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard that repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have a crazy story, didn't you? Didn't you get like paid like three pounds or something? Yeah, I got, like I got that? paid like, uh, I think it was minimum wage at that point was maybe eight pounds or seven pound 80, somewhere around there okay. for my age group. And I remember getting my first paycheck that week and over the two weeks after I worked there. Uh, we were paid bi-weekly, mm. and we got, um, I got, I believe, uh, under £6 or £5.50 or something like that. What, was it like cash in hand? Or yeah, <laughs> it was not. It was, funnily enough, they sent it in their payslip with the hourly rate. Wait, how does that work, though? I have I, no I, idea. But the government must be like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> exactly. Why are you paying this yeah. person £5? Pounds? This doesn't make sense. Basically, I'm pretty sure they probably just reported it as an apprenticeship or something to the government. So they don't have to do it. And I'm, I've heard that becomes quite common in a lot of places. Subway specifically were famous for it because they were trainee sandwich artists. Trainee is what they called them. sandwich artists. That reminds me of that one TV show uh, that had like the, the fake everything. Where they made like a fake coffee shop yeah. and like yeah. fake Starbucks. Yeah. And they would go to like Starbucks baristas yeah. and then say yeah. like, listen... And the, the way he got around it, he said that this was yeah. an art decoration, <laughs> <laughs> an art installation. And so he didn't have to worry about copyright. That's basically, yeah, Subway, they just kept ripping off the younger people. And obviously, when the government caught on, they were like, no one is needs to be an apprentice to be a sandwich artist. Like, you're not training them to actually be chefs. You're literally just training them to put stuff in bread that's already there. Think about all that experience. Exactly. You, you know, exactly. you're handing that meat, you're putting exactly. it in the fridge, you're taking it out. You never, you're never cutting it. A friend of mine worked at Subway during uni, mm. where he didn't actually get underpaid, to be fair. And his, yeah. <laughs> he was one of the lucky ones. Yeah. He was manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his, his place, the guy was actually quite nice. Apparently, the manager they allowed them to. Uh, they even allowed free refills, which isn't something that's very common in Britain, at least. Free refills, really? Yeah, yeah. it's the first time I'd heard of it, but yeah. I've never heard of that either, yeah. to be honest. Exactly, just five guys with the, uh, with the fancy. Wait, five guys does it? Yeah, when they when you use their fancy soda machine. That were the one that you can pick multiple different flavors off your Fanta and Coke and whatever. Mm. That's the place that does it. But you pay like four pounds, and I'll be honest with you. Like every time I've done it, and I want free refills, I never get through like more than two. So they're definitely making a profit. Yeah, but does anyone like? I'm sure there must be people who are like keeping the cups and be like, yeah, I'm coming um, back. Like, yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> But they also, I think, doesn't... Um, there's Nando's, Nando's, Nando's do it. Yeah, Nando's do it as well. And that's that's the famous one because a lot of people get a cup for water and just fill up. So then said because they're hardly, they're hardly ever within sight of the people. And two, I don't think they actually care. No, I, I think especially yeah. if you're... I mean, how would you even... Uh, I mean, unless they give you a cup that says literally water yeah, exactly. on it, right? Exactly. That's the only way I could think of that. And you can still that. probably fool it by pouring like Sprite or something. Yeah. Well, oh, that's really fuzzy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's sparkling water. <laughs> exactly. That's extra. Shit. <laughs> Put in enough ice, then I'll never have any idea. No, yeah, I guess so. You're already thinking, yeah, there. Look at this. You come to this podcast and you're already getting some hard knowledge yeah. dropping on you. So which what kitchens did you work? Which kitchens did you work at? So I did a, a short like a trial. Oh, well, not trial exactly. I did a short like work experience thing at uh, Ruth Orlando mm. went there and that was that was all right basically I was quite early on into my culinary school 
experience at that time. I just asked it if they had anything and they just said go in one day and it's not going to be paid but you just work basically one shift and you kind of figure out if it's for you in the future. Mm. So I did that and I thought I quite enjoyed it. The chef was quite nice. Mm. Uh, the people working there were also quite good. Mm. And then yeah, so uh, didn't go back to there but as I didn't love the cuisine, I wanted to learn something different to what we were learning in culinary school, okay. which was focused on French food. So Okay, so you're, yeah. you're, you're mostly trained in French cuisine yeah, then? Yeah, that's right, yes. Is there a particular reason why you chose French? Uh, that's, that's basically the, the home most standard. Of, yeah, the most standard one, and then you can always learn from there. The only one that doesn't really carry as easily is Japanese food, which is why I chose to work at the Japanese restaurant. I don't think we can name it here. No, no, no. It's yeah. fine. I mean, you yeah. can, I guess, but there's yeah. only like three listeners. Yeah. I don't know exactly. if like uh, yeah. Sushi Samba, I mean, he didn't work at Sushi Samba yeah. anyways, but yeah. <laughs> two messages will be like, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> Stop dropping the stories. Yeah. yeah the, um, then the Japanese one, the trial shift was actually quite good. Working there, less so. I didn't, um, the kitchen was mostly filled with Italian people and it felt like a different clique was formed. When you're mm. not Italian, mm -mm -mm. you're sort of separated from them. Mm. The second most populous group were Polish people, and again, similar clique formed there. Mm. And then there are a few people who are native English speakers, and it was just three of us, basically. And so you basically had to yeah, become trilingual. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Those were the we were the only three people who really hung out with each other, and then that's that's sort of it. I mean, um, I, I was always yeah. wondering, especially uh, as as working in the yeah. kitchen side, the level of stress that comes with it. I don't think there's yeah. another career, maybe other side. Yeah. Than, than lorry drivers yeah. or or nurses yeah. where you're constantly on shift yeah this, and, and you're working true, yeah. incredibly long yeah. hours and yeah and this one especially for sort of relatively low payback at least sure. if you're a nurse or a doctor you're saving, you're saving lives. lives right sure. you if you're a lorry driver you're delivering probably getting something. delivery f uh, delivering food that could feed a huge ton we're missing right now we've got so many food shortages in supermarkets because lorry drivers are either a pinged and isolating or b because of Brexit, they mm. they're having troubles getting product across the nation. Also, don't forget that yeah. that a lot of lorry drivers are also self-employed. Yeah, of course. Because they and own yeah. their own vehicle. Yeah, and right. that's that was another thing. I have a friend who owns like a, a lorry company mm. in Brazil, and they were talking about uh, Tesla coming in with a brand new lorry, and I believe it had a 16-hour driving time. Mm -hmm. My mate said it wouldn't work for them simply because their lorry drivers drive for an average of something like 18 hours on shift. So a 16-hour battery life is. Is out it's of useless. Question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You lose two hours a day, and well, I think, I think regulation-wise, it should yeah. come in that yeah, exactly. lorry drivers exactly. shouldn't be working more than maximum exactly. twelve. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I know. That, that I'm guessing that's in EU law in Brazil. It's a bit of the wild west. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever is going on with Brazil, exactly. anyways, wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so how many years have you now been in kitchens? So um, until well, I mean, I stopped about two years ago. I worked, um, after that, I did the dessert kitchen at a friend's place, uh, ice cream restaurant. Mm -hmm. They've shut down now, unfortunately, due to the pandemic. Mm. It's a tragedy. But yeah, that one I found was my best one. But again, that was partly because it was while working with friends. Mm -hmm. So they were a lot nicer as well. I also did a hotel shift before mm. that, where I just sort of did their entire brunch section on the weekends. I mean, this is yeah. something I keep picking up on, is that in the service industry, yeah. more than any other industry, you have a lot of uh, connections. Yeah. You're right. You meet a lot of people who are in the same industry more exactly. than I think anywhere else, really. Yeah, because I don't I mean, think even yeah. doctors mingle as much as 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 chefs. Yeah, that's that's or, uh, to an extent. Yeah, I guess um, for a lot of chefs, there's uh, they they're trying to, to make perks for other employees and each other. Mm. Basically, like um, there's an app that I use 
again, not sure if I should be naming it, so I'll avoid it right now. But it's mm. basically just a sort Let's of... Let's get that furlough yeah. cord, and then yeah. we'll, we'll exactly. talk about it. Yeah. So those three yeah. people watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we're like six pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've... Uh, basically, we just... Um, it sort of does all of the other restaurant people a favor. So mm. you register your restaurant on it. You get a discount. People working at the other restaurants on the app, or not just on the app, I think they're trying to expand as much as they can, so they're allowing any food service person in once you send your paycheck in. Well, you have to send a paycheck, of course, to verify that, or a sort of like hiring letter or, you know, something to disprove. Oh, okay, you don't need okay, to okay. obviously send a paycheck with your national insurance number. They, even an email from uh, the company saying you're hired is usually good enough. Well, I find that really interesting because apps have become more and more in, in, intrigued in our yeah. society. I know in Germany, I forgot the name of the app, there used to be one for alcoholics. Yeah. where they would be able to meet other alcoholics to go drinking. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I don't know the moral ambiguity of it, but the idea behind the app was like, listen, you know, rather than drinking alone, yeah. why don't you go drink with a bunch of other people? I like it to be Alcoholics Anonymous, but they were like, yeah, 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 that sounds good. We just yeah, made yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's, and a, drink. that's a business opportunity <laughs> yeah, right there. Exactly. Like, what if we tap into the section of society that doesn't think they have a problem? Exactly. <laughs> And and I think the way they were making money is that they would go to those dive bars. Yeah. That were open to like yeah. seven or, yeah. or nine in the morning and be like, listen, we've got like 10,000 users yeah. who are well, desperate to look for a place. And yeah, they, we'll put you in touch and then exactly. you give us a We'll highlight the yeah. locations. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. I mean, we did the, the math on, on pubs that about from their revenue perspective, only 10 to 15 percent of them. Uh, is profitable yeah exactly as in 10 to 15 percent of revenue, revenue is profitable yeah. and so, revenue wasn't that great yeah it's like either. 700k a year can you imagine yeah. 70k if it's 10 percent yeah that's pure profit exactly. considering you have like four people yeah minimum on staff yeah you have a mortgage to pay if you own the property yeah. and or if you're renting exactly. and you don't have then you have to still have to pay yeah. the, the rent that's that's a big reason why a lot of pubs are basically just shipped in with uh uh, 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 operated by breweries and you have to sort of carry what mm. they ask mm. you to carry and that's mm. that often cuts costs massively mm. this, this was a business idea i've had and if anyone listening you're more than welcome to use it uh just uh, let me drink there for free <laughs> uh I, i'm surprised that there's no costco version of alcohol where you'd pay like let's say membership fee of, let's say 100 pounds to 500 pounds and they'd sell you the booze at slightly above break-even price so your yeah. profit margin comes from the subscription, yeah. like a gym membership, yeah, of and and the 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 alcohol is just a running service. Yeah. So I'm I'm surprised that none yeah. of that exists here. Exactly. Does Does Costco do alcohol or? They do alcohol, but where they make profit on it. Profit. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. uh, that's uh, Costco's model is exactly that. But what yeah. I'm talking about is is actually a bar, not buying. Okay. All oh, right. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. 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 I because get, uh, there's, especially yeah. if you live in London, like the two of us. Yeah. A pint is sometimes as high as nine quid, depending yep. on, on the location. But an average pint is about six to seven pounds. Yeah. So exactly. that's a lot of money. And I think the minimum sell price in the UK is about one pound fifty two. Uh, yeah, I think the cheapest we've seen around London might be about that two pound mark. No, not the cheapest that's around London. Yeah. The cheapest that the government allows you to oh, sell. Oh, yeah. I think it is one fifty. At least it, that's that's it, the cheapest I remember. But again, I'm not... Not, not sure, sure this year. No, yeah. no, no. I mean, I, I remember reading in, in, in yeah. the Telegraph that a pub somewhere... No, it was actually a club in yeah. Tewkesbury yeah. or Cheltenham was actually s selling uh, Strongbows for 50p. <laughs> yeah, and they had to get shut down by the yeah. council because they were breaking the law. Yeah. 
But I wonder. I wonder if that applies to universities. Like, can you? Would your student discount apply against that, or does it still need to be over one pound fifty even with student discount? Well, how much do you pay for applying in at student? Oh, I haven't been to student union in in the in a while. It was in Harrow, so I didn't really bother. Mm. Um, I remember uh, the Edinburgh one was it was quite different because I want to say it was three to was two cheap. quid. The ha- cheapest one I remember in Edinburgh was actually. Uh, just about that two fifty mark or two pounds a pint of tenants specifically. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. But um, there were other obviously other bars catered to its students during the weekdays, where mm. you could go down to one pound fifty for. I can't remember the pint. Can't remember it being particularly nice. Probably a pint of <laughs> no, carling. I mean, we're not talking yeah. about fancy drinks. Yeah, we're, we're probably talking, talking like a pint smashed. of carling, or yeah. probably again a pint of tenants if you're in Scotland. No, that that's true. Yeah. That's true. So uh, let's let's let me get you back into the region of kitchen. How yeah. how did you find yourself in that path? Um, it was always something I was interested in. I really enjoyed cooking when I was younger, and then I continued just doing that. And then at a point when I was in uni, uh, studying law, and I just figured I I didn't like it and law enough, wanted to cook. So I told my parents, and they were happy for me to move to Le Cordon Bleu, just train. And yeah, while training, there there was also a program there that you could asked them to put you into an internship before you do your culinary management. Hmm. So I took that internship uh, path and tried that. It was it was nice, but um, the internship was the one where I got underpaid. And okay, so yeah, well. so I did leave and then they basically, they the uni were, well, the school were asking me about this and what they would do. And so I just, we did come to an agreement basically that um, I did the, I did a month of it hmm. and they were they were okay with that, if, and I could just find sort of another job that was up to me. I wouldn't really be accounted anymore. They would just say I did that internship pathway, but they wouldn't really give me a school for it or anything. But like, listen, yeah, I really enjoyed was, cooking yeah. more than engineering yeah. or yeah. data analyst yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, that was basically it. Okay, so yeah. so for a lot of, I think there's a lot of kids out there who are really, really passionate, or yeah. even some people are in their mid-30s to 40s, yeah. they're like, listen, I've, I've done my career, I'm kind of not really satisfied, I've always really liked cooking. How different is cooking as a, as a home chef to as, as being something that is a, a, an income? Yeah. It's, it's very different. Um, in all honesty, when you're a home chef, you always, you get to cook yourself what you want you know what you like um you've got your recipes you can change your recipes as is in a restaurant obviously you you would do it by the book don't do it uh, don't, or don't bother doing it you've got to and the portions you prepare once we had to make kimchi and it would be literally just dice uh, cutting the lettuce sorry the cabbage and what we we do something like 30 or 40 and then we would put it in a like a 20 liter tub of water mm. not uh, water to salt water to soak Mm. Once you do that soak, you take it out, and then you've got to sort of blend and ma- mash your own um, the preservative liquid, the mm. well, the kimchi sauce, mm-hmm. and then ma- uh, mix it in yourself. And obviously, as you have to do it from cold ingredients in the fridge, your hands would be burning by the end of it because it's obviously you're being dipping your hands in into chili paste and stuff. I can guarantee there there are going to yeah. be people there yeah. here who are who are going to yell at you and be and say in the comments why aren't you wearing gloves and all this kind of stuff why oh, weren't you wearing gloves? Well, you do wear gloves at a time uh, okay. but they still in spite of that it's still cold enough that it's it's actually painful. yeah exactly uh, also the audience doesn't know this but Addy's actually an ice man yeah um, <laughs> his general room temperature is somewhere between what 16 15 10, degrees yeah. or we're, t- we're going down to 10 now are we we're living inside <laughs> a fridge yeah. at this point yeah. 
so if he's saying his hands got hurt because it was cold, yeah. that's that's unbearable then to yeah. any average it's, yeah, it's, individual. Yeah, there's also bits where they ask you to clean out the fridge, right? And if you're lucky, it's a nice restaurant where they sort of do just one sort of general cleaning day. And they just put take different sections. Like while you're doing it in the morning, say, uh, let's say the first people in the... You start off in the morning, we were, I was on the grill, and they said, grill section, do, do your shift, just clean out your section of the fridge. Uh, so they do it like one by one, everyone goes, does it quickly, gets in, gets out. Then they do the next session, the hot, uh, the hot line. Then sushi section does theirs, then dessert section does theirs. That's if a good place does it. Well, a lot of worse places will just tell one of the chefs basically, all right, you uh, don't do your general thing today. Just go in and clean the fridge. And obviously, you can't expect uh, someone to be standing inside a four degree, three degree fridge for 45 full, minutes. Yeah, 45, if not longer. This guy was shivering by the end, a friend told me, and they, they just asked him to go home. <laughs> <He's> like, <"Okay." laughs> Sorry, we messed up. Don't yeah, worry about exactly. it. <laughs> you got gangrene, don't worry about it. <laughs> You don't need yeah. all fingers anyways. Exactly. He was like shivering and he was standing near like the the burners so he could put his hands up and pretend just rub them together and then put his jacket on as well. And the kitchens are hot as well. Like kitchens will be easily 40 degrees inside uh, if you're on a if you're on the hotline. A better ki- uh, certain kitchens as well. I was on the grill section, which was lucky because even though you are near the fire, you're still in the air conditioned part of the restaurant. So it's so- a bit nicer. So this is an urban myth that I've heard from a lot of chefs. Yeah. They said that if you first join a kitchen yeah. and you're you're just starting out, you become usually the cutter. What's it called? Oh yeah, yeah, just a sort of. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, it's not called sous commie chef. Commie chef. chef, right? Yeah. So I've heard that if you complain about peeling vegetables, yeah. and they add an extra week. That's yeah, what he said. They'll often do that. Yeah. Okay. So, Bas- the, yeah. so yeah. The, you've heard that of this was, urban yeah. myth as that well. That was that was another thing that uh, they did. That, Cordon Bleu, they basically told the restaurant, we need you to, this. we're sending someone to you, so we're expecting them to learn whatever. So they made an agreement with the chef. Every two weeks, you move him to a new section of the thing. Mm. They start off doing salad, which wasn't just cutting the vegetables. I mm. also had to do all the salads, make the sauce. Um, and they, I did get to help on the grill because the people on the grill were quite nice to me mm. a fair chunk of the time, um, depending on who was working. Some of them were nicer than the others. Of course, yeah, that's normal in human exactly. nature, Yeah, and uh, that was that was all right. But then the thing was that they didn't stick to their agreement with Le Cordon Bleu. Oh, they didn't get another salad chef, so they just kept me working on salad for a while, even though the sushi chef told my friend who also worked there, like, oh, we're moving Adi to salad now uh, this week. And he, was, he told me, and I was like, cool, I'm excited to start working sushi. Didn't get any sort of... Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're yeah. working in the sushi department yeah. in, in the vegetable section. In the, in section, the, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they did, that just meant they like they were making, I think, one kimchi-based roll, so they came in to me and to, like, can you cut the kimchi and prepare it for it? You're like, yes, chef, yeah. yes, chef. That's, that's yeah. wild. So do you have any crazy stories while being in the kitchen? Uh, in the, most of them, no. Well, one of them Anything I did a trial. Anything that you can say without yeah. worrying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them I did a trial, and it was considered one of L- London's most romantic restaurants. Okay. And uh, Robin actually had a story about them uh, cancelling his Are we talking dinner. about McDonald's? It was. <laughs> wish he, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, they cancelled his reservation, I think. Oh, yeah, notice, we had that yeah. on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was, it, it was at that place. And the head chef just kind of yelled at me for a bit for leaving law school. <laughs> He was like, why did you do this? Uh, you know how much money you could have earned in law school? I was like, that's, that's, not, the, that's not the deciding factor for... for, for yeah, exactly, for working in a kitchen. I don't think... 
that yeah, yeah. I don't think that's that's something you have exactly. to exactly worry exactly. about. <laughs> yeah, it was um that was just weird, but yeah, that was that was one of them. Um there's other days, another one where when I did the brunch, I think the person was just kind of working by themselves. The head chef wasn't in that day. They only had the sous chef and the sous chef uh, was like, oh, shit. yeah, he did tell me um, she didn't really have anything to do. If she was she'd sort of already done most of it, but she kind of just uh, get, got me to sort of butcher like this heart, um, this quarter side of pig they had. So I just had to do that. And then they, I had to do two of those. And she was really impressed. She was like, the first one took me a bit, a bit of a while as I never butchered a pig before. Mm. So I just kind of had to figure out what's, what felt right. And then the second one, after I'd done it, I did it really quickly. It sort of carved out a four-hour block for my trial. And then I, I was finished in two. And she was like, all right, based on what you've shown, at least I'll tell him. But according to if it was me hiring, you'd, you have the job already. Hey, I was like, cool, thank you. And yeah, then the next day he went in. We're broke, sorry. Head, we're <laughs> <not hired>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, we went in and the chef uh, was telling me, like, they're trying to just make um, cut costs out in all ways possible in the kitchen. Mm. Eventually, the head chef left. His uh, sous chef left with him. A bunch of other pe and people started leaving. One of the other ones was being weird. He was basically now the highest ranked chef and he started becoming a bit annoying regarding it. Mm. And um, he was uh, he one day he was just basically talking to me and he was like, Oh, did you wash the fruit? And I was like, shit, no, I forgot. I went back, washed it. Uh, this was for literally a fruit platter you're sending to a room in the hotel. Mm. And uh, he was like, oh, mate, you know what happens if they get food poisoning? You know, you go to jail, right? And I was like, I'm not sure no, if that's... I'm not sure that's true. When... <laughs> How would they know that <laughs> exactly. it was my... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. they were just trying to scare exactly. you. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, mate, if the police come here and do you have your ID on you? I was like, no, I don't have my ID on me. He's like, well, that's definitely jail because you need your ID. That's the law, and I was like, actually, I went to law school, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, you don't need to have ID on you in Britain. There's no legal requirement for ID. Do you think that's going to change with COVID, though? That you're going to have to uh, like, you'll have to legally carry your COVID passport with you. Uh, COVID passport. I don't think they're really leaning towards it, are they? They're talking about it initially, and now I think they're sort of tapering off. The big thing about that is always it's easy enough to give the government that power to take it away is a whole, a whole other thing. I do agree with you. It, 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 I mean, it's easier to write laws on the yeah, book than exactly. to, to take them so, off again. Yeah. So, let's say you're what age? Let's let's rephrase that question. Yeah, I'm gonna cut all this part out. So, what age would you say is a good time to start a kitchen? Uh, to start as in set up a kitchen or mm -hmm. to run a kitchen so, if you had the skills you're. Yeah. You're a home chef, right? You yeah. might have, let's say, saved up a hundred k. Yeah. You're gonna go to the bank. Yeah. Get a loan. loan uh, yeah. Get a loan. What kind of money are we talking about in order to set it all up? First of all, oh, I've done the I've done the cost analysis on this actually. I can't remember off the top of my head. But just in your your perspective. Yeah. You'll need a few hundred thousand at least, I think, if mm -hmm. not closing in on six figures, if you want to do a good place. It obviously depends on where you are. I'm saying in London in a nicer area of London and you want to set up an actual sit-down restaurant, you don't want to just do a takeaway stand or a food stall, that's obviously very different cost-wise. Would, would you be better off? So I think a food stall would be a much smarter idea to start off with, honestly. So if you, you can, have no experience as formally in the yeah. kitchen other than being yeah. a home yeah. home chef, you oh, know, then, you watched your videos. Then I, would, then I would always make sure I hired someone who does have experience. 
Okay. So if you, you want to, if you want to do that, you can still work at, at them as a sous chef as their boss, but you do not want to set up by yourself because it's a completely different experience. Good do being able to, when you're working as a home chef, it doesn't matter too much if you're slower on one dish, slower on another. Mm. Whereas when you're working in a restaurant, so you're going to have to time it with everyone, especially on a food stall. You've mm. got someone doing, say, well, yeah, let's fries. just look at it. Yeah, exactly. Fries, yeah, fries and the burger. You've got to time it. You've got to know how to yell to each other. I want a fries. How long? Four minutes. The four minutes, if that's your frying time, then that guy has to be like, okay, I need this song on the burger. I need, say, eight minutes to do a burger medium rare. He's going to grill it. You're going to have to time it and start it there. And you're also going to have to do more than one order. You've got to put all be, yeah, exactly. You've got so to be all on the So you can do two board. chefs of fries with one chef of burger. Yeah, all, exactly. yeah, exactly. Burgers are easier and a bit more forgiving than you burn your fries, you throw them all out. True, absolutely I'd say true. I'd still say probably one chef on each, but you st- and maybe possibly a third chef assembling or kind of bouncing between anything. An all-rounder. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Usually three people would be good. Obviously in a smallest uh, sort of stall, I think it depends on your food. You're doing pizza, you know you're going to be doing one or two pizzas at a time tops. You're doing, uh, and you just and the crowd will just have to wait. I think you can you can put them in and then you can do two more at the time that it's in before you have to turn them in the oven. Or if your oven's only one pizza, then you're making one and cooking one. And an investment would you need uh, for a food stall? Food stall, I'd say um, probably that hundred k should be fine. You're going to have to count on how much it costs you to pay rent on a certain area land or if you want to rent out a spot somewhere you're gonna to have to buy the kitchen with the stall basically you do your prep i imagine at home yeah you, you i think that would be a smarter idea to do that or you use or you can see if you can rent again a remote kitchen type mm. place but yeah home or if you can find enough space i think i saw maybe some one of my friends wanted to do a concept which was in uh like an american style school bus with a pizza oven and just prosecco by the glass Prosecco champagne by the glass. So that was their main business um, model. Yeah, their business model. And we found one already set up, funnily enough. Pizza oven inside an American yellow school bus. Mm. And it was on eBay for about the £30,000 mark. So that's okay. that's your startup cost for the thing. That's not including your flour, you're speaking to suppliers, you're hiring a chef. You've got to set up your chef budget already beforehand, I think. And what would be your chef yeah. budget, you'd imagine? Uh, it depends on what sort of uh, person you're going to be hiring. What would be the starting yeah. Uh, um, I think it depends. Out. If you want a reasonably experienced chef, you know you can sort of trust time-wise. Uh, ten pound an hour should be okay. About uh, should be a fairly good rate because you're going to pay more than nicer restaurants. Nicer restaurants will be able to cut costs basically on the virtue of them being nicer restaurants, and it'd be harder to get in. So, how many hours a day would normally uh, you um, work in the food on a food stall? stall? I think not eight hours tops. So uh, you okay? Yeah. So you're. Your your labor your labor cost is going to be eight quid uh, eighty, 80 quid, quid a day yeah minimum yeah um that's if you don't pay yourself a salary yeah of course um so how many pizzas at wh- what price would you sell a pizza at uh depends a pizza you Two if you were doing three it, quid I fiver? Think probably a fiver would be depending on where you are right if you want to do like your traditional Neapolitan style ones you're mm-hmm. gonna have to do I think you're gonna have to start off at a fiver if you're doing a stall. Okay, and so yeah. let's say it's uh, it's uh, eighty quid for the labor. Yeah. Let's say another twenty quid for for uh, uh, wheat, yeah. uh, flour. Yeah. Uh, I mean tomatoes. Yeah. Tomatoes. I mean yeah. ingredients are cheap if you yeah, buy them exactly. in stock. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're all in, uh, without rent, without yeah. gas, electricity, anything else, just for for uh, labor and material. Yeah. About a hundred quid a day. Yeah, I think so. Roughly, right? Yeah. So at five. 
pounds a pizza, you would have to sell 20, uh, 20 pizzas yeah. uh, per day. Yeah. Would that be a realistic a number? I think, think 20 so? pizzas. If you're we're talking about full location. pies or are we talking about I slices? Think full pizzas, yeah. Full pizzas? Yeah. Okay, and how long does it take you to do an average pizza? Like uh, five minutes? Five tops. Yeah, five minutes I think you can do a full pizza. As long as you've got the dough prepped and everything, rolling it out should be fairly quick and then you can get sauce and ingredients on it pretty quick as well. Okay. okay. As long as everything's prepped. So, Prep time is so the that, thing. So that's about, you. you in theory, in yeah. theory, and let's say you, you, you can do it in two hours, yeah. you can earn that amount. Yeah. To at least cover your costs yeah. if you're if you're like yeah under pressure yeah if there's like a really really yeah. big flow influx yeah okay uh, and how would you market it in your opinion what would be a good way to get to customers uh that one i think you you're going to have to work on just being in the right place you think That's it's more about important. position rather yeah. than building a crowd uh, most definitely once you first once you get that then being in the right position probably get on delivery or Uber Eats as well. Oh, okay. So you're saying also delivery is a good uh, yeah. income option. If you can, yeah. Okay. You might be able to. I'm not sure if you but can set you up times uh, on delivery. packaging as well. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a different cost, of course, and I'm not too sure about that. I mean, the ideal thing about about um, uh, uh, having a stall yeah. is that you can even physically serve plates and you yeah. can just do it with Fund. Exactly. Right? Fund yeah. is, I think, the German word. Yeah, I don't know exactly. sure if it exists yeah. in English, but... Yeah. It basically means uh, they you pay put a deposit, deposit on a plate and someone brings it back. Exactly. You get your two pounds back or they walk away with you. And you made mm. potentially three quid profit yeah, depending exactly. on how cheap how the plates, plates are. are. Yeah. I think that that's, that's Of course, really you can buy a lot of compostable cut, uh, cutlery and plates now. Uh, that's also so true. That's yeah. But I mean, that's not reusable though. No, you're going to have to find, yeah, you're, you're going to have to be near a compost bin or offer a composting service yourself. Regardless, that would be mm -hmm. waste, right? Mm -hmm. Because those things still require energy to make. Of course, yeah. So, okay, so what kind of profit margin would you imagine in a year? I really don't know, honestly. Because I'm asking all yet. these questions because I'm yeah. also thinking of from a perspective yeah. what would what was going to be my next question leading yeah. in is is if an investor, if, if, yeah. if an investor would hear these mm -hmm. kind of pitches and be like, yo, listen, I want to start like a pizza yeah. uh, a bus. I want to start a, a, some sort of pizza yeah. outlet. Mm -hmm. uh, See, I'm not, I'm not so sure. Like, I'd have to Google that now. Keep your phone away from okay. you. <laughs> we have banned on this, on this show about phones. Complete ban. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm not too sure about profits, unfortunately. It really depends on how it uh, does, and I have no idea on the cost of. Okay, let me ask you from a different yeah. perspective. Then. How much profit would it have to make a year for it to be worth your time? Uh, I I think it would have to be enough that I could either set well, set up a new stall. Okay. Or. So you'd already yeah. have that thing. So this is really yeah. interesting. So you're already having your your mind on on branching it yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It would It would have to be worth uh, at least worth that. Okay. Uh, so I could set up to a new one. I mean, there's. I don't think there's even a single. Maybe yeah. there is a single kitchen yeah. that's ever become a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I, yeah. I mean, exactly. revenue maybe sure, yeah. but from a millionaire, yeah. from profits as a exactly. owner from a kitchen, uh, I I don't know. Unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're a yeah, franchise you're going owner, to, you're going to have to start either spreading and franchising or controlling and hiring for in multiple locations. Exactly. Yeah. That was exactly. the thing. I worked as a chef for hire and. These places, stalls did pay better. I worked at Bleecker Burger in uh, Spitalfields, like a couple of shifts, and they were they were just really nice. Like it was the easiest one. They were they treated their staff well and they paid higher. Mm. They also didn't make you like um, wear any sort of uniform. It's just you work what you're comfortable in. Just wear an apron and gloves. Mm. That was a necessity. They had specific rules on food safety, which was how long your 
meat could be kept out even as you were shaping it, which is completely right. Yep, any kitchen should be really yep, doing that. Exactly. Which most most did pretty much all of the ones I worked out actually did. The the Japanese one was very specific on that, especially as I was closer to the crowd facing side. They had some weird rules though, like there's a lot of food waste out if you were doing the ribs in that one. For example, you were only allowed to serve for a certain amount, mm. and you'd always cut the ones at the ends off. So the ends would always go to the kitchens and oh, stuff. Oh, okay, I didn't but know that. You weren't allowed to eat in front of the customers. You had to either duck down and eat eat it quickly, or you walked into the thing. You're allowed okay. to drink, but only water, I believe. Okay. In front of customers. I I mean, w w this was a, a normal restaurant, or was this, this like was a, a nice nicer restaurant? This was yeah. a nicer restaurant, a higher end then. Yeah. Okay, so what would be, as from an investor perspective, things you'd want to look out for if people are coming up to you and saying, hey, you know, yeah. I have a business idea, I want to yeah. do a kitchen. What would be, like, well, the you've, items you've you'd got to, you've got to make sure that they sort of uh, factored in all the costs. Sure. Like, you've got to know how much, if you want a pizza oven, and you're planning to do that, so you want, you need to know how much, Whoa. say, if you're doing a wood-fired oven, you need to know the cost of the wood, the cost of the all of the ingredients being put in. What would be, like, yeah. hidden costs that you wouldn't naturally think of? Uh, wastage. Wastage is something that a lot of people never yeah. think of. And uh, again, as you mentioned before, if you want to do delivery, you have to factor in these boxes. The plates, plates are something people miss a lot as well. Mm. Um, just standard, uh, standard equipment breaking. I think also yeah, upkeep. repair costs and upkeep. Yeah. I think that a lot of people don't realize how long it takes to actually clean something properly. Yeah, exactly. And that that could easily take two hours of your day, yeah, and if you only exactly. have twenty four hours, that's already. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 almost 10% yeah, of it gone. Exactly. And then uh, you also have to figure out um, spoilage and sort of your first month or first few weeks at least, you need to sort of get a handle on how much you need to order per day and so forth because it's really not easy. And also sometimes when you're starting out, you're going to have to be prepared to give away like slices or something for free. Oh, okay. So you, you, yeah. so what would you think is a better principle? Would you would you create artificial scarcity by going on social media and offering like coupons? Or would you rather go to like a random street, park the van yeah. if you have a van, yeah. and just say, hey, you know what? Um, any pizza you order, you get another slice for free or something like that. Yeah, that could. Um, I think the coupon one might be. It might generally yeah, be you better. Try and, you're trying to look for who's around your area and then. Say if you're parking it um, around where I live, so near Liverpool Street, there's a little street food market there, which is quite nice actually. But every time I walk around, all of them are very, very free with giving you some tasters. Do you think you could, I mean, there must be yeah. a possibility of doing it somehow. You know on coffee baristas, yeah. a lot of like really nice coffee places, they'll yeah. have a nice little drawing on the coffee, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you think something like that would be possible to do it on top of your pizza pie? Like as, uh, a, as almost like a large coin. Uh, it depends. It depends like on the type big. of pizza you're having, right? So if you're, uh, if you're getting like a 10-inch pizza, yeah, like a standard yeah, pizza, yeah. like getting a size or a medallion, let's yeah. say, for people who are listening yeah. to audio, yeah. and having it engraved with a very simple logo, a smiley face or something like that, do you think that's it's possible or do you think that's a little bit too complicated? Uh, it's possible. It just depends on what it's made of. Are you doing it just out of like a little piece of bread or something or... I was thinking of that you could just use like a different colored cheese, for example. Okay. And uh, that the the issue with that is obviously because it melts. Yeah, exactly. So you, so my thinking was that if you if you put like a, uh, like a cookie cookie cutter, yeah. on top yeah. of the pie, you put the yeah. the cheese in. Yeah. And you take it out, as the che as the pizza cools down because ideally yeah. you don't want to serve it. Yeah. Cooking well, yeah, hot. Exactly. When you take it off, you'd still have that resemblance yeah. of like a smiley face yeah. or your company logo or something like that. You could you could do that. It's just um. 
time consuming. Yeah, time consuming, and if it's not perfect, it could look it could just look terrible. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just thinking on on ways on how you can increase your brand ability. Brand recognition. Yeah, I think boxes are usually the only boxes a very traditional way. sense. Yeah. I I knew a girl who op who opened this coffee business with a 3D printer. Yeah. And she would 3D print like these little kind of chocolates yeah. with the company's logos. Yeah. yeah. And it's very common, yeah. at least in the Middle East, to put these little like yeah. they're about as big as like let's say a two pound yeah. coin. Yeah. Uh, to put them in cho- to put yeah. them in their coffee. Got yeah. a little like uh, yeah, scent yeah. of like yeah. uh, chocolate into it. Yeah. That sold like crazy. Yeah. Uh that's that could be an option. Just give everyone a little chocolate dessert with it. That's also that's very a good option, idea. of course. I mean that that's very traditional, yeah. and a lot of restaurants would get would give their kids like little yeah. sweets or yeah, exactly. Like or that. like at the end of a Michelin star meal, usually you get like a little mignardis, mm. which is just like a little madeline, uh, some madeleines or mm-hmm. something similar. You could probably create a mold, get a mold three D printed, and just bake your own mm. uh, madeleines or some sort of biscuits or something mm. in the right shape. That's an option, of course. But because I think that. I think what sets apart a restaurant that ex- that exists for five years and yeah. something that exists for forty years yeah. is 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 the ability to create long lasting value. Yeah. Right. Historical, either from a historical yeah. perspective, uh, I mean, service always has to yeah. be top. Yeah. Uh, kitchen always has to be top. If that yeah. drops, you know. Yeah, of course. Good night. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's like uh, Pizza Pilgrims, for example. They started off doing that sort of thing, but they always, well, their brand was specifically just good pizza, and mm. it did. Works I mean, I, I wouldn't call them. I would yeah, call them good pizza. Yeah, I wouldn't call exactly. them great yeah. pizza. It's 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 uh, for people who don't know the the pizza. Uh, imagine Pizza Hut, but better. It's <laughs> not like it's, <laughs> it's it's a Neapolitan pizza. It's probably one of the they do focus on delivery, so it delivers well. You're obviously going to have better choices, better ones, but I think usually for the ones you can always get at delivered to your house. There's not many found that are. I mean, you much nicer. You have um. I've ordered a couple. There was Lantica Pizzeria de Michel that was really good, but did not deliver well at no, all. No, but I'm I'm thinking there there was one called uh, not Happiness Forgets. That's a bar. Uh, I'll come back to it in a second. Yeah. So, you you're you're thinking that from a pop up location. Well, pop up probably is a bad location to have food. Yeah. Like from a food stall, your probably best bet is pizzas more than pastas more than yeah, anything else. Yeah, pastas. I can't see too many people. I think oh, no. burgers are overdone. Yeah, unless burgers are too many. Even pizzas, something. to an extent, are a bit That's overdone. Maybe you about. can try something like uh, wraps, just Middle Eastern falafel wraps, or. That's those. been very popular. Yeah. I think it was yeah. very popular in the in the early two thousands. Yeah. I don't. I couldn't even imagine at the moment what's what's really. Yeah, there's gonna be annoying. loss. Yeah, Indian food again. Wraps is the easiest way to do it because no one's lining up to get naan and butter chicken that you have to sit down and eat. That's. That's well, too long a time. We we talked about this uh, uh, privately that we found yeah. this really interesting restaurant that was serving almost like sushis, but yeah. as a wrap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, we did see it. Where they would use um, this what's it called? The seaweed. Uh, seaweed. Yeah. yeah. And they would roll it around. Yeah. Like a like a no, it like, wasn't like a burrito. It was yeah. more like a. What's the right word called again? Uh, it, it's like a like a taco almost. Yeah. Well, the taco's just a half rolled. Uh, aren't the uh, sushi ones? The rolls just more. They're basically like your sushi rolls. They just haven't cut them, mm. essentially. Mm, 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 mm. No, I, I I wouldn't call them sushi rolls because the top part yeah. is is empty. Okay, all right. 
because it's it's literally okay. it's it's yeah. like if you would take uh, I I mean case uh, not quesadillas as what am I talking about? Yeah. I, uh, I, if yeah, if the top part is open and it's tacos, yeah. Here it's very simple. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna put a picture on the screen right yeah. here, and you'll see what I mean. Yeah. Easy, yeah, <laughs> easiest way. <laughs> He's also going to watch yeah. the video clearly because I can't remember it. It's a bit like sushi hot dogs or well, something. I can't like expect that, people yeah. to speak Michael everywhere. <laughs> There's uh, sushi hot dogs. Was another thing that was something like that. Yeah, I, there's a lot of like weird cuisines that I don't think yeah. has ever really like killed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, as 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 we've become more and more global, thanks to airplane travel and through and thanks to modern shipping. I don't see a lot of cuisines really destabilizing yeah. the big three, you know, pizzas, yeah. burgers, and I think sushi is now yeah, I would consider one of the yeah, big three. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Just for takeaway meals, it's always easy there. But if you do go to, like, a food store market, you don't really see sushi so much anymore, I think. Like, if you go to Spitalfields, mm. I'm having mm. trouble re remembering if there's any sushi takeaways. I can remember, like, pork buns and steamed buns, mm. things of that sort, yes. Sushi, on the other hand, I feel like I've got it. I've ordered it off fairly often off delivery. I think actually there's one place, Sticks and Sushi, that does a sushi designed to be taken away, but I'm not sure actually. I think they do make it there and and put it in. Well, I, I don't. Bit. I can't think of a. I can't think of a single cuisine yeah. that that is popular fish for takeaway. I yeah. mean, maybe pasta. Maybe pizza as yeah. like a topping. Yeah, exactly. But there's no cuisine yeah. like sushi, where it is like the main ingredient. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. So, I don't think fish travels very well in general. That's why no, I think it it's, doesn't. I, it has to be with, cold, right? Well, the it's, same as with steak. I've never heard. I've, I mean, yeah. it exists, but it's yeah. never good delivered. Exactly. Steak. Yeah. Once you get it, it's just it's kind of a bit soggy. The crust is gone. Exactly. I'm no, sure there good. must be a tempura is also sometimes can be quite touch and go with. Takeaway. You know better, what? I... Better to restaurants have found their methods of doing a better takeaway temp tempura, which is usually sort of like either poking holes in the container or sort of keeping one corner open so the steam can escape. It does steak sandwiches or steak wraps, whatever you prefer. Mm. It's actually. Mm. It, so it could be possible. Takeaway steak sandwiches is, I think, a very good idea. We also had it at the. It's quite a famous steakhouse, L'Entrecote. Oh, yeah. okay. We had that. Their sauce was quite nice and it worked quite well in the sauce. In well, a sandwich. Yeah, I mean, when it when you when you turn anything into a sandwich, it becomes yeah. sauce dominant. Yeah, right. Sauce dominant and bread. You need a good strong bread as well if you're putting a lot of sauce in there. Absolutely. And that can make you a fair bit of money because you don't need too much steak in there. As long as if you look for it, you need a decent cut. You don't. It can't be dirt cheap and a lot of skin cartilage and stuff like that. It needs to be fairly tender. You need to slice it properly. But then you can make a lot of profit on the other things. The bread, bread, bread can be cheap if you make it yourself. Lettuce and tomato. Yeah, but it's also one. time consuming if you make yeah. it yourself. Because yeah. it's always well, opportunity cost, yeah. right? Of course, yeah. You just have to make big batches, basically. Or you can find a sort of bakery that will be able to do it for you for a very reasonable rate. And Lunchercut sandwiches, I remember, they weren't, they weren't cheap. They were £15, maybe? Mm. Okay, I mean... Might have been 10 I can't remember. 15 quid is a lot for a sandwich, mm -hmm. especially if you're working in an office, right? And we, do, we got it a couple of times... Last year when we were around yeah, I know the place the bar, that you're yeah. talking about. I, what time does it close? Uh, I don't know. I think fairly early. Fairly early, yeah. okay. Because oh. we can go there possibly tomorrow if you're up for it. Because yeah, I remember the fries yeah. and that beef there was yeah, really yeah. fantastic. I'll be kind enough to put the location for the restaurant yeah. right. There up are a few. There are a few of them actually. There's one in Bank. Is there really one in Bank? Yep. Yeah, there's uh, there's a bunch uh, of them. They're they're a chain from France. 
Oh, I know, I know the restaurant yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I just remember yeah, it being in, in Malibu. Is the one we went to a few times. Mm. But it's usually because we were going to the bar there, and then we decided. Mm. And when your cousin Khalid was moving in, he was moving to flat in Malibu. Yeah, I, I but, remember. Yeah. I remember. And then so well, that's why I went there. But yeah, I did check, and there is one in Bank. At least there was one. Pre-COVID. I, I don't remember. Do they deliver? Mm. I don't think so. I think I remember seeing a delivery thing on their site, but I don't know if they still do. Yeah, I don't think. Th- again, when it comes to I think to that fries, was that was during COVID. Yeah, yeah fries don't don't, don't deliver, deliver well. well. Like we we get it from. We never bother with it, did we? When we cooked, even if we were making fries, we'd often pop down to McDonald's and get the McDonald's fries. Exactly. If you're having food delivered as well that came with fries, we'd say no to the fries. Exactly. And still go down. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We're very fortunate in that we have a McDonald's right next to us, so we can always get a bag of fries exactly. in order to boost our meal. Exactly. I think, from the perspective of an investor, the key things that they want to look at is, obviously, the reputation of the individual. Has he run kitchens before? Does he have experience with it? The second thing I think the investor, as an investor, you'd have to look at is what is the market share of that cuisine, yeah. right? Are... are is it very little? And if it is very little, is a do you think you can overturn that market? Do you think you can you can you can enter it yep. and and really present yourself as something stable, mm-hmm. or is it so little because there's simply no demand in the yep. market? And the other question is, you say you go then for something more traditional cuisine in the Western world, pizzas, burgers, pastas, whatever. How can you compete with the other really represented brands? And I think. The first thing would be a really, really, really good marketing strategy that really focuses on your recognition. I think your your house style has to be like on point and it has to be really recognizable, Yeah. right? And especially if you ever go to a stall and you walk around, just keep your eyes open and just look at their logos, look at their coloring. And a lot of it just looks like mash. Like you yeah. can't differentiate anything, right? I think that... Mm-hmm. That exactly, is, yeah. That is a, a lot re- of a lot of Spitalfields, all the logos are just black and white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, th- I think you really have to focus on how you're presenting it. And I think that's going to make the difference between having something yeah. that, that generates you break even yeah. and having something yeah. that generates, let's say, five there's, or six. Yeah, there's another theory. Instead of going cuisine, okay. you can always go dessert as well. There's few, there's few stalls for that. Absolutely. But a lot of people do like the dessert, especially when it gets to warmer days. Mm-hmm. And, for example, you want to leave with gelato. Mm-hmm. That can be somewhere where you can make a fair chunk of money. It's just the big expense is usually the machine. And it's going to be hard to do that in a store. If, if, you're really, if you're really invested and you have some free time and you're looking for something to start that's going to give you some good returns, if you're in central London, I would tell you, look at doing desserts filled with protein, like high protein count. Mm. Uh, and then go to the local gyms because they all have like these fridges and you can just speak to them directly and say listen I want to have my product here let's do like a little test run blah 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 and there's going to be a ton of people that walk out that gym and they'll see that little gelato and they'll go wait a second that gelato is healthy yeah or they'll or or, or, or whatever, whatever it is yeah whatever it whatever is, it is right an apple pie whatever you yeah. want right and they're like oh and especially if it's tasty and you can sell that healthy yeah. part to it you are definitely going to be making money. Exactly. Definitely going to be making money. Because uh, there's there's always yeah. demand, and it's just a question of how to really hit that target. Exactly. Okay, any other advice you have for people who are thinking of entering uh, the if you If you want to invest, 
I would honestly recommend you can try and see if you can get some sort of kitchen to use quickly and see that person just work. That would be an important thing because if you see them being completely disorganized, mm -hmm. making it look messy, it's going to get worse. If you're just they're just cooking for two people or one person out there, if they're bad at doing that, then it's going to get worse. Don't. And I think as an investor, you have to make very clear what your yeah. role in that business is. Exactly. Hey, are you just like a sun investor? You're just wanting to take a percentage and you're going to yeah. have a sit back or you're going to be an active investor and you're going to be pushing that product and you're going to be saying to all your clients, hey, you know, uh, let's go eat at my restaurant. You know, that's, yeah. these are these are things you really, really need to consider yeah. and to focus on. Yeah. And then for the person wanting to start, I would honestly see if you can just do some sort of trial shift set places just send in your cv or an email and just say even if it's not to be paid just say oh could i come in on certain day and just try and do some work there like just figure out what they're doing and then usually when they're doing that they do on your trial shift they're not going to shove you in the deep end they're going to put you next to someone who's fairly good at their job and then that person's going to report back and see Absolutely. what it's like and then you'll know better based on that and you can also reach out to a lot of these stalls as well they'll be happy to have some help especially if they don't have to pay you. It, you it just avoids them ordering in a chef and they just tell you what to do you can see how it works you can see how it is they'll be happy to answer questions about it and ask more or more and then they're going to it's just going to be a good experience as long as you actually try and you can see as well if it's for you or not if you're interested in learning more about how to start a kitchen or whether investing into uh, culinary is something for you like and follow us and we'll have Addy more often on the show talking exactly about these subjects. Yeah. Maybe. You're welcome. Yeah, you're <laughs> thank welcome. You thank you. For being on the show, I guess. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like and subscribe to follow for more great content, interviewing some of the most interesting people in various industries. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.